You're listening to The Real Foster Parents of Colorado. I'm Hope, and I started Foster Together to meet the needs I saw in my first three years as a foster mom. My theory, and it's proven true so far, is that if we make it easy to learn about the human stories of foster care, then good-hearted Coloradans will be ready to help in simple ways. This is the only podcast focused on foster parenting or child welfare in Colorado. Our goal is to make foster care fascinating by neighbor-to-neighbor stories and living room conversations. This podcast is the next best thing to meeting a foster parent in real life and asking them all those questions. How do you make it work? Don't you get attached? What is it like when they leave? This is episode two, featuring Joy. She's the single foster mom in Colorado Springs who we talked with last week. Today we keep our conversation going and I ask Joy what she thinks about the push by our local Department of Human Services all throughout Colorado to recruit more Black, Latino, and Native American foster parents. The idea here is to give kids racial and cultural mirrors of themselves. I'm intrigued by Joy's idea of the foster community and the child's original community working together. So let's listen to what she has to say. There is a national push to get more foster parents of color. Do you agree with that approach to recruitment? Do you think that's important for kids of color to have foster parents who they can, um, who they have racial um, identity shared with? Um, talk about that. Like, do right. you have, and do you have other foster parent friends of color? I, I know none. Okay. And when I was little, I was in foster care. Were you? And um, the big thing was um, my sisters were different complexions. Uh-huh. And so when they, I remembered, and I didn't find this out until I was probably, it was when I got here to Colorado, so 2011, and I was talking to my grandmother, and she said, oh, baby, you didn't know? And I said, didn't know what? And she said, you didn't know you were in foster care? And I said, no, you want to tell me? Yeah. (laughs) And so then she told me about it. And she said, the family didn't take you because you were too dark. And so, um, and this was back in the late 60s, you know, because I was born 64, so about 67. Mm -hmm. So um, my sister, you know, so, you know, my sister was, you know, light complected. So I remember saying goodbye to my sister. And then they had to find a home for me. And um, so, yes, I do believe that we need more families of color. That's just been a cultural thing. Yeah, the grandmas, the aunties taking care. Yes, Yes. that's been the culture. Mm -hmm. But I think that as as a, you know, social work thing, we need to go into the community, Mm -hmm. into the churches, Mm -hmm. into those those non-traditional, not just going to... Um, you know, at sitting at the, the social work offices. Mm-hmm. Now we need to take off our social work glasses, take off our, you know, sitting at behind the desk yes. and go into those churches and meet with the pastors, mm-hmm. go into those places that are not the traditional, you know, places for the social workers mm-hmm. and meet with these people. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are some good, you know, um, folks that can do these these jobs of good foster parents that are people of color. 
you know, come to the the, the bases, uh-huh. you know, and meet with families. Yes, they may move every two and three years, but there are families that don't have children, right? you know, that would love, women that are at home, mm-hmm. that would love to have, you know, children that come into their homes that could help. But if you're not marketing and saying, hey, could you help us? Yeah. But that means coming out from behind your desk. Yeah. Not waiting for them to go to you. Not waiting for them. Because I think that's a big part of why I started Foster Together because people were not, um, people want to help. Yes. And people want to even just help a foster parent. They don't even want to be a foster parent necessarily. But they don't know foster parents right. because there aren't very many right. um, proportionally to the rest of the population. Right. So how do we go and say, here we are, right. and here's what we need in order to serve children. And right. Here's what their families need in order to get back together. And um, it, it, as long as it stays something that we talk about on the news, right. Right. people are going to feel like they can they can keep going with their lives and not have to get involved. And, you know, a lot of times people just see teenagers or sometimes people just think they're going to put this child on me instead of thinking, oh, wow, I can help out with this child. And so that's the other scary part. I know with, um, with Carrie, I told Carrie, I said, listen, Carrie, I have teenagers. Yes. I cannot in good faith take in a teenager Mm -hmm. because I have teenagers. This is what I can do. Yeah. And this is what I cannot do Mm -hmm. for the sanity and peace of my good, of my home. That is a good word. Okay. (laughs) So, so, and I don't think all the time that, um, other people understand that, Uh that you can, you can get your parameters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and and when you don't, or when you go with somebody who's licensing you who does not respect that, that's then right. yeah, that's, that's why right. people quit. That's right. It happens. Exactly. exactly. So again, you're a foster parent backbone. Right. And you're saying, if you would like to use my home, here's, exactly. what, here's what we can do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that is when you can say, and you're looking at an agency, when you look at agencies, uh-huh. um, you you really do your due diligence to look at all the agencies and you, I mean, just like you're interviewing them, interviewing them. And that's what I did when I started looking at agencies and I sat down and looked at all the agencies and looked at their parameters and looked at what they did and who they served. And I just, you know, was talking and I thought, okay, you know, here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. What can you do for me, and who, how can I serve and help? Mm-hmm. You know, so. And were there agencies where you just had? We don't have to name names, of right. course. Were there agencies where you had massive red flags, or you said, you know, was it clear to you was what your clear. choice should be? Very clear. Okay. Yes. Once yes. you started calling people. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. And yes. you asked questions like, um, what what ages of children do you usually place, yep. or? Yep. Tell me a little bit more about the questions you asked. I asked. I, I bet we have people who are wondering about I that. I asked questions like ages of children, even my age. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that being, was a, being someone who's already to right. the age where you've already raised kids. Right, right. And that was a huge one. Okay. Um, Some agencies didn't want. Yeah. They wanted younger foster right. parents. Oh, okay. Right. Interesting. Right. So, See, I feel like you bring so much maturity that to me, I'm just starting my family. We've got right. a lot of, you know, financial stuff we're still exactly. working on. And that was a huge one for me. Mm. And I thought, wow, I've raised three. Yeah. And I'm single. Yeah. That I thought I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Can we bring them in to yeah. you? And they were like, oh. no. And I thought, wow. No? Really? Right. And it, which is so surprising when you've been recruited on, we've got this desperate need for foster homes. Yeah. And then they say, no, you're too old. You didn't do that in the civilian world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so I was right. like, okay. okay. Wow. All right. Right. Moving on. Yeah, next. Uh So you know, um, yeah. So there, there are there are a lot of things that you know um, agencies want to pigeonhole. So um, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So you just you ask, and and they will begin to tell you Mm -hmm. as you're asking questions. Are these phone calls? Did you go in person? Did you go I went emails? in person. Okay. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a face-to-face yeah. kind of person. Yeah. I like to see you. Yeah. And um, because I think then you start to, you start to, you know. Loosen up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you can I'm be more f- honest. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So can we go back to what you said about families, um, cultures with families of color that, Kind of just take care of those take care of those babies. Is that something you saw growing up where people would step in for each other? Mm-hmm. It sounded like your childhood had some element of needing that because you right. did have foster care right. in your childhood. Right, right. And and I just think that, you know, especially lately, yes. there's a lot of the dynamics that are needed. And and that dynamic um, where families are just stepping in, and you see a lot of grandparents that are stepping in. Uh-huh. Um, but I, th- with the dynamics going on right now, um, because there are children that need more mm-hmm. than, I think that we need to have systems uh-huh. set in place. This child needs this this child and it needs to be so that the grandparents aren't just thrown in exactly exactly with no support that grandparent needs this because this child may need some more support than just the grandparent therapy and things that we have exactly exactly this grandparent needs to have this support Mm -hmm. system set up in place to take care of that child Mm -hmm. okay because some children are are more advanced because yes. of things that parents have done. Yes. You know, whether it's drug addictions or their child, they're a child of drug addicted, right. you know, parents. With things that like alcohol that. syndrome, it's, which is, means your, your child's exactly. impulse control is just it's not off. developed. Exactly. Um, we've got, if they've seen domestic violence right. there, they might think that the way you solve problems is by hitting and punishing exactly. and all of that. And so, exactly. um, yeah, so I actually have had several CASA cases where we've successfully placed kids with grandparents, and I've had several CASA cases where we have tried, and they've they've 
I burned out after about six weeks because the need is so high. Exactly. So you have the grandparents, but they just can't Mm -hmm. support that. Right. You know, so then you have to have somebody else step in. And so then you have these communities that are yes. saying, now mm-hmm. let's educate you mm-hmm. on what, what we need to have done, mm-hmm. what we need to have as a support system. Right. Right. You know, we, we, we see it. Yeah. We see the need. Now let's educate mm-hmm. on the community of fostering, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know and, so. and hopefully to not see it as this official foster parents over here and then there's the just on the side casual because this is your grandkid type right it should be a community effort exactly right and um, if that support is needed that's right because a lot of times um with these families that are needing help it's not as if you've got Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't have choice after choice after choice because everybody's got their own problems right. that they're working on, That's and so right. there's limited resources. So, That's right. you know, I think it would be beautiful to see the foster community come alongside in a humble way because yes. there's a lot of um, – it gets very easily – I'm in charge of right. you, and you're right. not yeah. doing it right. <laughs> right. And exactly. It's not going to get any right. No one's right. going to want to participate. I, you know, I, I just, I think that the dynamics with recruiting with, um, within the the um, African American culture of of what do you call it, foster care, mm-hmm. and and recruiting within the community of people of color, mm-hmm. it needs to come from behind people need to come from behind the desk yeah and go out Mm -hmm. to the community because they're not going to come to you Mm -hmm. because there's a huge stigma Hmm. with foster care Mm -hmm. you know this and the stigma is that you know you're taking our children yeah why would i want to participate in that right right yeah and if you understand it it's things have changed you know, mm-hmm. things are changing, and there's a a huge reunification yeah aspect now in home support right post reunification support huge reunification um, versus just taking and you know adoption cutting ties yeah yeah, yeah. huge reunification so I think that that's the bigger piece yeah. That had used where in the back in the day, yeah. you know, there was the just pull, pull, mm-hmm. pull. You know, yeah. We're there. There even Oprah did a. Did you see what Oprah did on sixty Minutes? She was talking about how um, she was reading a trauma informed parenting book. I think it was by Bruce Perry, who wrote The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog, and she wow. said um, that she's because of of this trauma-informed work, which is how all of our training is. Yeah. It's, it's look at the child's need, not just the child being bad, right? Right. And so the need is the child has not necessarily learned what security or love or being full every night before you get to right. bed feels like. So then they're acting in a way that they feel like will help them survive. Mm-hmm. So she was saying that um, she wants to shift from asking what's wrong with you? Why are you such a bad person to what happened to you? And what do you need in order to heal? And sometimes people will take us up on that and sometimes they will. And sometimes it takes years. But um, I think to have a a whole community 
foster parents, grandparents, right. Right. Um, social workers, everybody right. who is um, talking that way, we're going to get closer to healing families. Exactly. We won't do it perfectly all the exactly. time because these these wounds are deep. They are, they are deep. They're, they're huge. They're not just this generation. We're yeah, talking no. three and yeah. four generations. Yeah. You know, we're not just talking, you know, just this Ten year. years, yeah. this year, this yeah. baby who was just born. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's his mom who is in foster exactly. care and her mom who exactly. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't break the cycle mm-hmm. and if you don't have um, the idea that, okay, I want to break it, even if you decide that this generation I'm going to break it, mm-hmm. then how do you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, even if I decide I want to break it, then I have to have the wherewithal and the skills and the tools to do it. And probably that, some people around, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then that takes at least two to three oh, yeah. generations to do that, mm-hmm. you know. So it doesn't, it's not going to happen overnight, no. you know. Yeah, and just to accept that because I think I think I would have burned out as a foster mom on my first time right. if I had not, I would have quit entirely if I had not understood I mean, it was a wake-up call because I absolutely went into foster care with a more rosy expectation than I should have had. Right. And I think some of that you just learn as you go. Right. And you can't fully understand the reality of those words you just said until you've lived it. Right. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is not a quick fix. There is not a pill for this. There's not. And so um, I think... To understand that as a community and and like have the long game in mind. Right, right. We're not looking at a five-year plan. No, no, you're not. So and we need leadership who's willing to stick with a plan that they maybe didn't come up with in order to get elected or whatever it is. You know, it's it's that long-term commitment. Um, right. So and I think one of the very best ways to do that is through family because you can build in a way that you can't build through right. a government system. Exactly. So you probably know that better than anyone being in the military. Well, thank you so much for talking. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for being a great family for these kids. Yeah, I had a blast with them. Thank you for listening to The Real Foster Parents of Colorado. Before you go, I have to say this. I don't want to miss out on connecting with even one person who's paying attention to the needs of our kids here in Colorado. So, will you do me a favor? Go to fostertogether.co, that's the word foster, the word together.co, like Colorado, and sign up for our weekly story emails. I also update our Facebook page and Instagram, both at Foster Together. So find me there and make foster care stories part of your daily scrolling. Thank you.